you're listening to the Helpful NPCs podcast. We offer ideas to make your tabletop role-playing games even better. The Helpful NPCs podcast is not safe for work. Our immaturity is matched only by our vulgarity. You can check us out at HelpfulNPCs.com or contact us at info at HelpfulNPCs.com. All right, welcome to Chapter 1, Episode 3 of the Helpful NPCs podcast. Chapter 1 of our podcast is broken up into three parts. The first part is describing what role-playing games are. The second part is an introduction to sort of finding your first game and the things to look out for. And this podcast today, which is Episode 3, is giving you an introduction with some tips to your very first character. Now, a few tips just to start with. The only way to get good at role-playing games, quote-unquote, is to play. Dive into these games, play them, enjoy them. And what I mean by that is, there's actually no such thing as being, quote, good. Show up, participate, play with your friends. Um, knowing more of the numbers in the book doesn't make you better. Being a better actor doesn't make you better. Everyone is equal at my table as long as they're, you know, trying to play. The next tip I would give is don't fear the classics. The classics are classics for a reason. I'll let you in on a little secret. Dumbledore, Gandalf, Merlin, and Yoda are the exact same fucking character, or basically the same fucking character. So what do I mean? A manipulative, wise old character with powers, who doesn't use them all that often, manipulates the primary protagonist into doing things, and dies, but not really. Happens in all of those cases. Everyone rips off everyone. It's completely fine. So there is nothing wrong with putting a character on your sheet and wanting to be a Gandalf type. The classics are classics because they are good and they're fun concepts. Conversely, don't be afraid to rip things off and convert them into the game that you're playing. There is nothing wrong with turning... Indiana Jones into a spelunking wizard or ripping off elements of Indiana Jones for your spelunking wizard in Dungeons and Dragons, or as Tom and I were talking about earlier today, making your character a Darth Vader type. It's okay to rip. It's okay to convert. It's okay to copy. You're just trying to have some fun. Now, all of that said, and Tom is going to groan internally when I say this, Put a little stank on it. Uh, I groaned out loud. Or do whatever that is without using the term stank. Stank. But please do explain it because I don't know what it means. None of none of <laughs> us younger than you do. It's a baseball term, Jacob. Anything sports ball related, you should know. But what it means when you are writing or creating something is give it a little flair, a little style. So little stank, little stank. So, for example, the warrior in the Vermintide computer game that Tom and I are playing right now always wears these fun, fruity hats. Now, that's something from the actual miniatures game, but it doesn't matter because it makes him stand out from 
most of the other warriors that you see because he has a fun, froofy hat. Give your character an eye patch, a weird hair color, a funny accent. It doesn't matter. Just put a little stank on it. And do make sure your character will fit into the game that you play. If you're playing a game about mystical heroes of old saving the day from a pseudo Sauron, uh, do make sure that you're playing a good guy and not a total piece of shit. So in order to help everybody come up with their first character, Tom has cooked up a little sheet called the character concept sheet, which is going to be available right on our website, helplumpcs.com. You can print that out if you'd like to and follow along with us because we're going to go through the items that we have on that sheet, or you can just listen and decide if you want to print that out later. Now, this is not bothering with the actual creation of your character numerically, like what's going to go on your first character sheet. Numerous guides, books, and videos you can watch about that. What this is, is the fluffy stuff. This is, what am I playing? What am I doing? Why am I here? All that kind of stuff. You can do this after you do your normal character sheet, before you do your normal character sheet. It's yours to play with and hack apart. It's just a little guide that we made to help you along. I should also interject to add, it is very much D&D focused. So it is not going to be the best fit for every game. However, given that the <clears throat> current RPG renaissance is very much surrounding 5th edition and a, that has the widest player base, we figured it'd be best to start there since that's probably what people are going to end up playing. Absolutely, though it will probably work in other fantasy games and we're open to making more sheets in the future if this is a thing people want a lot of. So, Jacob, let's start with the very first couple of things on the sheet. What am I playing? Um, your race is generally chosen from a list of the normal fantasy races. Um, you have human, uh, elf, dwarf, uh, halfling. D&D uh, &D is kind of either acquired or uh, created some of the, the new classics, you would say, fantasy races uh, over the past several decades. Stuff like Dragonborn or uh, Tabaxi is a popular new one, like a cat person. Wait, are you serious? D&D now has cat people in it as a core race? Not in the core core book, but I've seen several actual plays where people play Tabaxi. Yes, that's very popular. I have heard the term Tabaxi, but this shows what an old out-of-fart gamer I am, despite not being that old that I had no idea what it actually was. So those are some examples from D&D. &D. If you're playing a different game, um, like a science fiction game, maybe you're playing a Star Trek game, which Ryan and Tom would never play with me, but I would like to play. Um, you could I be... would, in fact, play a Star Trek game if I could be a Borg. That's possible. Yeah. It would be a little difficult to pull off, but you could I, be a Borg. I would definitely play Star Trek as long as it's not the Modifus 2D20 Star Trek system. I want to roll for how large 9 of 10's chest plate is. That's a little Star Trek humor for you, baby. Generally, um, people pick which race they want to be based on one of two things. One, they like the quote-unquote flavor of that race. They like... Um, you know, I like stereotypical dwarf things that really appeals to the kind of character I want to play. Mm -hmm. Someone gruff who 
makes a living doing hard work and drinking at night. The other part is the mechanics. So in many games, the race that you choose has a mechanical impact on the types of things your character is good at. Mm -hmm. So in the dwarf example, um, a lot of times the dwarves will be tougher. Um, They might be a little slower, but they're probably more resistant to things like poison. Uh, for instance, they might have a little more strength, a little more constitution. So there's a mechanical impact there, too. And generally, when you pick your race, you're choosing it for one of those two reasons. Now, you are 100% correct, but we would urge you to play what you want to play conceptually first. Um, there is a numeric advantage to playing a dwarf, but play a dwarf because you want to is usually our hope. But yes, absolutely. People play that way. Yeah. It should be noted that halflings are the superior race for every class. It should be noted that humans are actually the most optimal race in the current iteration of Dungeons and Dragons, and Tom just has a hard-on for halflings. So the second uh, common thing that you will select in D&D is your class. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the big one. Yeah, it is really the defining, I'd say the the most defining feature of your character. Absolutely. So your class in D&D will generally give you uh, an idea of what your job is, Mm -hmm. both in the context of the game world itself and also in the context of your specific group. Um, Some games have classes, such as Dungeons & Dragons. Other games will call them something different, like a playbook in Mm -hmm. Urban Shadows. Some games won't have any classes at all, but they'll have a number of discrete individual choices that you can make when you look at them collectively Mm -hmm. they point you in a certain direction so i'm going to choose a bunch of features for my character that point me in the point me in the direction of being a melee fighter absolutely and it should be said that what abilities you have are determined by your class in dungeons and dragons specifically Mm -hmm. so a wizard is a class, a fighter, which is like a warrior, is a class, a rogue, which is more or less a thief, is a class. Um, it will sort of give you what you can do, more or less, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the final thing I'll say about race and class is don't overthink it too much. Mm-hmm. If you see something that appeals to you, go with it. If since this is your first character, you're playing in your first game, don't worry too much about filling a role in the party too much. Um, Mm -hmm. Don't worry about creating an optimized character. If you see a concept you like, go with it. Have fun. It is 100% cool to look at something. Oh, that looks neat. I want to play that. It's 100% cool to say, hmm, I want to cast spells. What do I play to cast spells like? You don't have to overthink it. That's a really good point, Jake. And I think, as Jacob mentioned, the class does determine something about what your character's abilities and essentially his function or job within the group, which actually brings us to our next point. Absolutely. And this is uh, my personal favorite addition to the sheet that we created, which is the adventuring role that we have on there. And... The basic question is, what's my job? So the character classes in Dungeons and Dragons 
are certainly built in with certain things that they can and can't do compared to the other classes. But the majority of them are actually very open-ended and can be played in a variety of a, of different ways. But they tend to work the best when they're filling specific roles. Most of these character types don't they give you an idea of what your character is, like who they are in that world, but they don't tell you what you're supposed to do. So you don't know this if you've never played role playing games before, but a rogue is supposed to steal things and also disarm traps. Now, you wouldn't think of that because why does a pickpocket know how to disarm traps? It's just something that tends to go with the territory in Dungeons and Dragons. A better example would be a wizard. A wizard can do anything they want because there are so many different spells in Dungeons and Dragons, but they can only take a handful of spells at a time. So they have to kind of decide which spells they're going to take. And one of the best ways to do that is to determine what role you're wanting to fulfill in the party. Another example is the cleric. There's a class called a cleric, which is basically a divine spellcaster who gets magic from their deity of choice. And very, very often people don't seem to want to play the cleric, even though it's a super fun class. And I love the last one I played. And the reason is the cleric is sort of a support class. So you might join a group. And if you don't know what you want to play, you might ask the other players, what does the group need? Yeah, I think the cleric is a really good example because when people think of the cleric in a role-playing game, 99% of the time they think, oh, a healer. Mm-hmm. This is someone who's going to stay kind of near everybody else, not going to really do much attacking. They're mm-hmm. going to heal. Or alternately, they're going to buff us. They're going to make us better by giving us magical armor or making it easier for us to hit. Yes. And that is one job a cleric could have but the Mm -hmm. cleric could also have other jobs depending on how you build them and when the players say we need a cleric they don't mean they need a cleric they mean they need someone to heal the party when the party is injured That means there are other classes that can heal the party when the party is injured and so if the party says we need a cleric You bring a cleric, you don't bring those healing spells because they didn't say we need someone to heal us. Let's say you play a cleric with lots of attack spells. Well, suddenly the players might find themselves saying, well, I thought you were playing the cleric and you as the cleric might say, yeah, I am an attack cleric. So it's actually kind of important to get on the same page as the other players for what you're actually gonna do when shit gets real. The characters in Dungeons and Dragons or the different classes are meant to be sort of a hodgepodge squad that has a variety of different skills that are meant to work together. So the fighter kills monsters. The wizard overcomes obstacles with their spells, though, as I said, they can do a lot. The cleric supports the party, though, as Jake said, they can do a lot. The... Rogue is typically a character who sneaks and steals. So it's actually important to narrow down, and we have some examples on the sheet, what your role is, what is your job, 
that the party expects you to do. And it's a common pitfall we see at the table when players have a cool idea for a concept, but they don't have any idea what it's actually going to do mechanically or do at the table. And while that doesn't make those players bad because it's very difficult to be bad at role-playing games, it can be a frustration when you're in a situation where you're expecting them to do certain things. Just be blunt with your fellow players about like, hey, this is what I do. I'm a wizard who brings fire spells and blasts hordes of enemies, or I'm a cleric who likes to put curses on the people we are fighting. And it's also important to note, because we've seen people do this in the past, your character concept does not include being bad at your job. If you are a squad of heroes in a D&D world, you are in the squad because you are good at something, good at things. Say I'm a wizard who uses my intelligence to be better at magic. You don't deliberately take low intelligence because you think that's funny. Because why would the rest of the party bring a wizard with low intelligence into a battlefield situation where they're less useful than a wizard who is intelligent. Okay, you've already picked your character class or race, and you've already figured out what sort of job you're going to have in the team. The next thing to do is to figure out what does my character look like? Tom, I know that really good uh, description is sort of a passion of yours. Tell me a little bit about how you come about coming up with a good character description. I mean, the basic character description that you're going to have is just going to be a, you know, you describe what the character looks like, what he's wearing, etc. But we want to make some caveats there. Uh, if you're familiar with the Wheel of Time series, you don't need to Robert Jordan mm-hmm. and give a give us a 42-sentence paragraph about the dress and hairstyle that the character has. The human mind has an incredible ability to fill in details, so two or three features can tell you a great deal. Mm-hmm. And to be quite honest, your friends don't need to see the exact same details that you do because they're probably just gonna forget i can guarantee you they won't see the same details exactly you can describe something in very specific details people will still imagine it differently yep so even something as simple as my character's got long blonde hair and is wearing a red dress you know what that's good enough because that gives the characters they get a picture in their mind and frankly that's all they need to see because they're probably going to be keeping track of four or five other people also Mm -hmm. absolutely For alternatives to this, a couple of things. In some games, they use what's called casting. Now, I'll be honest, this is only something I've seen in one group, other group of players, but it is significant enough amongst those um, individuals that we felt the need to mention it, where it's basically they pick actors or actresses to represent the characters, which... Uh, frankly, I'm not a fan of no. it all because no. 
frankly, it starts looking ridiculous. It starts looking like a teeny bopper, like flick when all of the characters are 20 and smoking hot. Or or even then. So, like CW oh, it, show. Yes. Wow, it turns out your adventuring group has Emma Stone and young Brad Pitt, Halle Berry, Margot Robbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's like a whole it. adventuring party of that. No, not a big fan. It's okay, but it's, I prefer description so I can sort of fill in the blanks a bit. Exactly. The other alternative, which is something I am more of a fan of, is finding some artwork or maybe some like, old timey photographs yeah. of mm-hmm. of individuals and using that pinterest is your friend on that you can just go to pinterest put in something vaguely magic rogue or male something. fantasy art yep yeah i've i've been pleasantly surprised at the quality and variety of art that you can find on pinterest and when you click on something you like you get more things like that and it's surprisingly adept at finding a similar style Uh, that's my current favorite way to find uh character art yep now the problem is still a lot of these artists draw their characters far too prettily for my tastes. Prettily? Yes. That, prettily. That is a personal choice, but it's very plastic fantastic to me. Like I'm a dude that spelunks in plate mail all day. They got stabbed like seven times by orcs in this dungeon. I'm missing half an ear. Like why do I look like Brad Pitt? Exactly. So as we mentioned earlier, I would say you want something that, you know, puts a little stank on it. Mm-hmm. If I may now vomit into my mouth a little bit. From you're going to keep that. using it. You know, you're going to keep using it. No. And then moving on to the actual character concept sheet, we're going to back up here to the at a glance section. OK, tell us about a, a bit about what you did there. Okay, so we've got three sections here. Frame, feature, accessory. Okay. The frame is just the physique of the character, which gives everyone a general outline to work with. To to give a couple examples, if you don't have it in front of you, um, some of the frames that we've added on here, and these are by no means all the options. Oh, no. Um, Curvy, lanky, stout, sinewy, wizened. And I think it's important to give you an idea of your character's frame because it gives you an idea of how much space you're taking up. I mean, we can make jokes about how obese your character is, but it honestly matters like, oh, how much space is this taking up? If you're fat, how fat are you? I need to know how much of a five foot space you're taking up, but it also, there is a an implied language in your size. Like don't tell me Dave Batista can't bench press any of us. He absolutely can because he's a big, huge guy. So if your fighter looks like Dave Batista, there's a default language versus if your fighter looks like Kira Knightley in pirates, well, she's obviously not going to be that big, huge muscle bound, throw you across the room character. Exactly. But she is going to have fake tits. <laughs> <laughs> wow, cold. And generally, and of course, like in all these sections, we have a little spot where you can fill in your own details. Mm-hmm. The more specific or evocative phrase that you can incorporate, the better. So you don't want to say tall. Tall doesn't tell me anything. No. Lanky tells me something. Muscle bound. Towering. Yeah. 
Yes, those things all are hulking or Ooh, yeah. overbearing. Stuff yeah. like that that's... Sniveling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That all tells mm-hmm. me your char- stuff about your character in a, in a way that a simple word choice does not. So the feature section, though, just some distinguishing features that might make your character stand out. We have a whole sampling of things there. Some of them are a bit more... Um, you know, what you'd expect from your traditional fantasy, like emerald eyes, because fantasy writers love to describe their characters' eyes for some reason. And they all have red hair, which we do have there. Indeed. Um, And it should be noted that this is another area where a really specific standout choice, in fact, this is the area where you really need to put a little stank on it, because... Don't describe your character as having brown eyes and brown hair and being average height and average build. You don't look like anything in my mind. You look grayish in my mind. Once you describe your character that boringly, just describe the things that stand out. Right. Even if you do have brown hair, brown eyes, and an average build, uh, like one of the people at our table, Mm. I would say he's got a uh, thick beard and glasses. Fair enough. Um, Another thing to note here is... A lot of the features that we have on the sheet are physical, mm-hmm. but they don't have to be things you see. They can just be things that people could notice. Mm. So like maybe your feature is an expression yeah, mm-hmm. that you do. Maybe it's a nervous tick. Shifting eyes. Mm. An accent. A limp. It yeah. just has to be something that other people would notice. So this is a little bit of an aside, but I'm going to do it anyway. My One of my favorite writing professors in college, Todd Kaneko did an exercise where he had every person in the class pair up with another person and describe one way that person didn't look like anyone else in the class. And it was a fascinating, fascinating experience because you really have to think about, okay, this person's only got a, I've only got a sentence to make a first impression with this character. What do I do? So I'm a bald dude. That's a thing that stands out. You're going to see that when you notice me. That's a trait. Um, I'm the only person here not wearing glasses. Like, pick out those little features that make you unique. Don't just describe every feature of your character. Mm-hmm. And lastly, under the accessory section, we just decided to add in a little special part of your outfit that you're, that makes your characters stand out because especially in D&D your outfit's going to change a lot you're going to get weird magic cloaks and rings and armors and magical mm-hmm. boots but what's the one thing about your character that's constant that's always going to be there with him and we picked things that you will probably not be changing out regularly you absolutely can change your character's appearance over time but these are things that Mm, you're probably going to consistently wear. So, for instance, if you're a wizard and you choose mystical robes, it doesn't matter if you get a magical robe of eyes or a plus two bracers of armor to go with them. You're still wearing mystical robes regardless. And I think one good thing to do at the end, just to make sure that you're satisfied with your choices is construct a sentence out of it, mm-hmm. right? So I have I have three circles right here, and I'm going to construct a sentence. Do it. I'm a stout man with a facial scar right over his eye. 
He covers the ruin of his eye with a tattered eye patch. Yep. And now we know a lot about what your character looks like. Not everything, but enough to fill in the blanks. And that's all you need. Mm -hmm. So past this physical description, the arguably more important next step that you need to figure out is your character's persona. So, Jacob, that is something you are very passionate about in role-playing games. Tell me... For a new player to role-playing games who doesn't know a lot about crafting an elaborate persona, what are the couple of things that you recommend they uh, decide outright? Um, yeah, so your, your persona is how your character approaches the world and how they view the world mm-hmm. and how they react to the things that happens to mm-hmm. them. Um, I think a lot of people... Uh, skip over or gloss over mm-hmm. this point. They may have an, based their character on a, a movie character, but they haven't really thought about why that character is so resonant with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say you don't have to you don't have to write an entire psychological evaluation of your character. I mean, just to be clear, Jacob will absolutely write an entire psychological evaluation of his character. Uh, maybe sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so less is more. Um, And you have a couple features of your character's uh, persona. Um, Personality is how you come off to other people. And it's going to be how other people perceive you. Mm -hmm. So your your mannerisms um, should be more or less definable in one word. Mm -hmm. So, Ryan, can you give me a couple examples of how would you describe a personality in one word? So we've got a couple right here, and one of my favorite is Gallant. If you just decide up front, I'm going to play my character as Gallant, it's going to tell me, oh, my character is going to be somewhat formal and extremely brave and trying to be like a knight of old. Someone who goes out of their way to help people. Mm-hmm. And another one that I really like, this is one of my favorites, Course. Oh, tell me you don't want to play a coarse character. You spit, you swear, you drink heavily. I'm playing a coarse character right now. And you can be you can be a hero and be coarse. Absolutely. So none of none of these are uh, moral judgments. Mm-mm. None of these are defining your job. They're just simply how you come across. To yeah. other people and how you approach life. How are you going to play this character? And it's so helpful to kind of think about that because it gets skipped. But once you decide how you're going to play the character, you suddenly, I don't know, half of role playing is how am I playing this character? And it, it almost functions like a safety net in a yeah, way. Yeah. If, if you're not entirely sure as a player how your character would react to the situation, just go back to your default persona. Yeah. Absolutely. And one of the things one of my friends said, who's a frequent GM when I asked her about this, and she said, don't be afraid to discover things over time about Mm -hmm. the character and don't be afraid to change things over time about the character. So the second part of characters, characterization and persona is your character's motivation. Um, And the motivation is the why that your character is in the party. Mm -hmm. Your character will have desires and goals that they want to accomplish and generally joining the party is something that helps that along. So a guy that is adventuring for treasure 
and a guy that is adventuring for excitement might go to the same dungeon, but they're looking for entirely different things and they may act entirely differently. You know, that guy that's there for treasure might uh, take a little more risk with what stuff he's trying to grab from the dungeon. The guy that's there for excitement might, uh, he might want to be itching for a fight. Yeah, he might, you know, investigate and explore. He's very curious, might accidentally knock a skeleton down a well and awaken the entire dungeon. Peregrine took. So once you have these these concepts, you have your race, you have your class, or in other words, your job, your physical description, and your character's personality and motivation, you have most of your character mm-hmm. done. Most of what you would have for a character in a movie or a comic book or something like that. And that is not to say that this sheet is exhaustive, um, especially as far as your personality is concerned. There is a lot more opportunity to expand and make a more complex character. But this sheet is deliberately simple as an introduction to making your first character. So don't overthink this for your first character. Don't go nuts with your first character. Just do as much as you need to do to get it to the table. And you can always add in some details later and your next character can go into a ton more detail. Thank you for listening to the Helpful NPCs podcast. For more content, check us out at helpfulnpcs.com. If you have any feedback or requests for topics, you can reach us at info at helpfulnpcs.com. 